Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. And we're live. I am stoked to introduce you to my guest today. And he has gone through the ranks on the sales side for all the marketers listening. This is, a, this is one of those great, rare opportunities to just hear candid things from a sales expert because he rose to the ranks, sales executive, manager. Finally, before where he's at now, he was a VP of sales and marketing. Left that and founded the Heretic Technology Group. So he's the CEO of that. Experienced digital technology executive, expert, sales genie, I would say. Brent Hale, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. I almost <laughs> lost myself in your introduction. I know. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. It's uh, <laughs> interesting. I don't know if genie is the word, but I've uh, I definitely been through the... I know. It's like, what am I, What kind of coffee is this, huh? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, give me 15 it. minutes, your introduction gets that much crazier. So I love it, right? Yeah. Listen, I'm glad you're here because... You know, I, I love I love sales. I'm a marketer. I love sales. I've had a chance to do a little bit of it. I think it's so valuable. It's so good to have that sales side here and to learn. And we were chatting earlier, and you even have your own way of of finding and connecting. And and actually, you now coach sales on how to do a better job of that. And a lot of that blends into how we can do a better job of marketing. It's all one big happy team, right? So the theme really today is around sales and marketing alignment, and also understanding your buyer, because I want to get to that unique approach that you take for getting sales to understand their buyers. So sure. here is, hold on, picking it up here. This is Thor's hammer, which has a name <laughs> apparently. So receive Thor's hammer and you, yes, smash a myth for me. Smash a myth, you know, bogus yeah, so sales, marketing strategy, whatever the case. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so this is kind of a, a myth, but the other side of the myth is, you know, there's kind of this idea of that sales or, or cold calling is, is dead. And, and most will say that that myth it, in itself is dead. I, I think the opposite. I think actually sale, uh, cold calling is essentially dead. So it's dead. Um, yeah. Not I do. a good way to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 sure, it can be effective in, in some way, but, but the reality is in, in our day, time is our biggest enemy. And the amount of time that it takes you to actually do effective cold calling, uh, you, you're spending a lot of time, I mean, in, in, you know, putting the effort into that. And then, and then what are you really getting out of it? I mean, yes, occasionally you might get somebody. Yes, you might leave a message. It might call you back. But I mean, the, you can't get enough volume for it to really be effective, especially in this day and age. Um, and with things like cold calling, I just, I just simply revert back to kind of my own who, who I am as a person. And, you know, if somebody calls me in this day and age and I don't recognize the number. I am not picking up the phone. Yeah. Uh, that's just the reality of the situation. Right? Totally. So, um, so it, it takes you significantly more effort in a cold calling environment to be effective than other, than I think other avenues and other technologies that are available to us now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I love the way you said that. Um, because we, because you hear that debate all the time: is cold calling dead? Is it dying? Is it effective? And you know, I've seen some places where they call it effective, but is you know a half a percent growth year over year effective? Not really. You're not even keeping up with inflation. But the right. thing you said was, you know, in today's sales, time is the enemy. You know, yeah, it, yeah, it takes so uh, much time to do cold calling. 
It does. It does. Well, every, you know, everything kind of takes time, but, but cold calling is, is such a manual process. I mean, even if you have a dialer and, and to me, if you have a dialer, then, then you're probably cold calling wrong anyway. Right? You're, right. you're not doing the proper research and you're not doing what you should be doing anyway, but you know, everything is, is a time suck. And so it's really about where can you put the most valuable pieces of your day? Um, and if you sit there and you just have a group that smiles and dials, um, or if you just sit there and smile and dial, you're probably not getting nearly as much out of that day or out of that block as you could by doing a, another form of outbound. This um, is cool. This is cool. I like this because this is, you know, and for everyone listening, you know, Brent coaches sales on how to do a better job of this and set up process. We're going to get into all this. But if, if one of the first things he's coaching sales to do is stop wasting your time, right, or be more efficient about it. And, you know, for anyone on the marketing side, sales is all about this, this time value calculation in your head. Is it worth calling this particular prospect nine more times or right. doing several more demos with them if they're going to close or not? You, in, right. It's all about prioritizing your time in sales. So this is so key. You're coaching them on how to prioritize their, prioritize their time. In marketing, we can then help out with that. Right with marketing automation, I'm sure you know process optimization is big for you. So it's all these yep. things that come into play, but it's that whole concept. I love the brother stuff. The whole concept of better managing that human time. You can scale computer time, but not not the human stuff. Correct. Yeah, you don't get that time back. So it's you know when you sit down and and you have blocks in your day, you know what order those blocks comprised of. What are you doing right? And if it is cold calling. You know, again, it's it's what's what's your objective in the cold call, and 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 you know, sure, if you go out and you build a list of ten companies and they're all C level people, and you have a very specific message, sure, okay, like go out cold call them, you know, and right. have that specific message to those ten C level people. But but from a traditional sense of what cold calling is, of just just pounding the phones and and leaving messages and and you know, kind of doing your fifteen second pitch or whatever it might be. To me, I, I believe that that's a significant waste of time, especially in this day and age when you have other ways that you can optimize your time and get more out of it. Um, so I, I firmly believe that, that the idea of, of sitting somebody down and asking them to make 100 dials a day is, it, it is a complete waste of time and money. Um, totally. I think the significantly better ways to do it. You know, this is so interesting because on the marketing side, we have the same challenge. I mean, I remember working at a company, I told this story before, um, but the idea of, there's a CEO that once asked me, how many emails did I send this month? And I said, right. the answer, I don't yeah. normally know the answer to things, but I did. <laughs> I like, oh, about a million yeah. emails. And he was like, yeah. oh, next month do a million and a half, right? Yeah. As, as if to the same people, as if right. you, it's like the cold call of the marketing side, as if getting another right. half million emails is going to encourage you to buy that $45,000 thing that you need nine people to approve. You know, it's like, Correct. that doesn't, that doesn't yeah. happen. We're not selling ASIC shoes. You know, we're selling complicated stuff here. It's a complex B2B sale. And yeah. that activity minds, I mean, there's some value to understanding, you know, some parts of the funnel, you know, how, yeah. how many activities have you done in sales, but really it's the, it's the qualified activities, you know, it's, it's not well, and that's, and that's exactly right. Yeah. You get yeah. into kind of those metrics piece of it thing. Like I believe in metrics in term, in terms of like, uh, once we start doing things, we can understand metrics and we can understand, you know, how much it takes to get somebody on the phone or how much it takes to get somebody to respond to you. Right. But overall metrics to me is kind of just smoke and mirrors yeah. because 
because I can, I can tell my reps all day long, go out and, and make a hundred phone calls or, or you're required to make a hundred phone calls because that hundred phone calls is going to get you activity. And it's like, but if I don't know the law of averages, if I don't understand my company's law of averages, then I'm just giving you an arbitrary number. Right. Yeah. And then, if, and then at the same time, if I'm then coming down on you for not hitting that number, all you're doing is creating an environment of somebody creating activity because they don't want to get yelled at or they don't want to get, you know, talked to about not hitting their number versus somebody going out and hitting the phones because they're, they're looking for actual results. Right. So, um, you know, I think I, I worked at, and we, you know, when I kind of talked about me, you know, I worked at a company when I, when I was first starting just in, in sales and, you know, they had very specific metrics, 125 connects a, a week will get you success. But that was, a, that was 40 years of, of data. Uh, so they, they had the data that, right? to know. So they yeah, they understood. Okay. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful, but we know that our most successful people did 125, you know, are doing 125 connects a week. And right. So, so that information is leading them to say, this is what success could look like if you're struggling. Right. Um, break, so, what, break that down. Like take a step back, calculating yeah. out that kind of numbers. I think it's really important for marketing to, to hear that, that sales side. Um, because I think this reflects into even our funnel. Um, but yeah. we talk about that. So you need to establish that you mentioned the you need to know the conversion metrics or the metrics of what leads to the action you want. Maybe just talk more about that. Yeah, your, your law of averages, right? I mean, the reality is in, in sales, it, it, the numbers are king, right? Volume is king. It, sure. it doesn't matter what you're selling. It doesn't matter how valuable it is. The more people that you reach out to, the more you're going to get in return. I mean, that's just, that's just the reality of, of yeah. anything. Right. So, but, you know, but if, if you have reps that are on your team or reps within your organization, there are some reps that can be very successful with smaller numbers than somebody else. Right. Yeah. But if you have the law of averages that, that say, well, we know based on our business that if we reach out to this many people, then we will get, then you'll likely hit your number. And that's based on data. Now we can take the reps who are struggling, look at the numbers and say, listen, like you're not, you know, we're not forcing you to do that, but you're not being successful. So let's go to the thing that we know yeah. has been successful. Right. And then let's, so now let's focus on the activity, go out, let's do 125 activities or whatever it might be. Right. Let's see how, how much that changes your, your success or your interaction with your, with your prospects. Right? That's cool. So you yeah. so it's almost like, you know, you reach out to at least 125, you know, um, people on your list in your patch or whatever. Um, this week and we know yeah. that if you do that typically yeah because that, that company is saying hey we, we know historically that that okay every for every 100 people that we reach out to one person responds right or or 10 people respond or sure. whatever it might be right so in and in order for you to be successful and hit your number ideally you need to have x amount of opportunities right, right. so you kind of break it down to like how many people do we have to get do we have to reach out to to get responses and then how many of how many responses do we need to get x amount of opportunities and then how many opportunities do we need to get x amount of closes yeah. right so it all trickles down. But if, if you just are, go out and say, Hey, sales team, go out and have a ton of activity because that's all that matters. And then that's all you focus on. Oh yeah. Then, then now you're just creating an environment of just, of just people creating activity because they don't want to get yelled at for not having enough activity. Right. Whereas in right. many cases, if you're diligent and you do it the right way, you can actually get more accomplished with less activity. I mean, a lot of people can, right. right. Um, so, so my whole thing with, with the metrics and the activity is, you know, have some data behind it that, that 
that tells you that that's success if you're gonna if you're gonna try to have your reps do that um and same with marketing right like i mean you know marketing sending emails okay well let's let's have appropriate information on on the amount of emails that we're sending and what that means for return right, right. otherwise you get marketing teams just sending a whole bunch of stuff out thrown against the wall and just hoping it all sticks right yeah i mean that's you know, and as much as automation kind of automates that for you, it's still a time suck to create those and to send those out and to build the list, right? Yeah, it creates a bad um, experience for the recipient too. Very bad experience. You know, who may decide he doesn't want to talk to you when the time comes because marketing blasted him so many times. Yeah, and, and that happens all the time, right? I mean, there's there's so many times you go out and you look at something and and research something, even a small amount, and then all of a sudden you're just getting a bunch of marketing material from that. Yeah. Um, if I'm not ready to buy now, chances are I'm, I'm probably, even when I am ready to buy, I might not go to you just because like, I'm like, it, you guys have just sent me stuff that's just so useless to me over the last six months, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. and, and it kind of puts a bad taste in your mouth. Right. Um, so, so I think that's kind of, you know, the metrics piece is, is key for me because people always talk about it. And I believe in metrics once we understand what we're doing, but just arbitrarily go out and say, send you know i need you to do 150 activity and it's like well why and if you don't yeah. have an answer to the why it's well, then why are you telling them to do 150 activities right right so right. i, I uh, can see how cool that would be then because you can say okay you know normally this hat you know 125 calls equals you know 12 demos and yeah. 12 demos usually leads to six wishful thinking six uh follow-on yeah. calls and then you can look at that funnel you know we call it a funnel you probably call it a pipeline you can look at that and then see now let's say that rep is underperforming and they did hit 125 calls but out of those 125 initial calls they have like no demos you're like oh okay that's where we can focus the coaching the sales coaching and all that because somehow you're doing the first part but you're not getting to the second part so maybe you're we can fix how you're doing it you know yeah and, and i think if you're if you're a sales manager you should be you should probably be teaching some of that stuff up front anyway right and, right. and talking about content and talking right. about your value and stuff so so really when it comes to a rep and you're talking about activity with the rep you're saying hey okay like you're you're not doing the activity so so and we've already taught you the content piece and the value piece so now let's let's get the activity on going if you have enough activity and you're still not successful then we need to look at some other you know some other things or areas right but um you know a lot of managers will go in and, and not really teach and not really talk about value and not really talk about messaging and not really talk about the appropriate way to sell and then they just talk about the numbers and they're like well don't worry about it volume is king and it's like yeah i mean but but okay but if that's the only thing you're putting on me as a rep then the only thing i think you care about is volume therefore i'm probably going to at some point just care about making sure that you see my volume and not my outcomes right right and, then, and you run in that with, with mql mqls on the marketing side too right mql I mean, everyone's just mql mql what is marketing quality? right and then they're like okay well yeah. in order for us to be successful on the marketing side we need x amount of mqls whatever that means right and then you find out that they're not really marketing qualified leads at all mm. marketing is triggering them as as mqls because they need to hit that mql number because they were told they need to hit that mql number right, right. so um so i really think it's about it's it's about quality and quantity um but but quality first and the quantity comes you know after the fact once we're able to actually know what quantity even means sure right? i mean it's a process right you're just optimizing along the chain that's awesome yeah 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we got into this because we're talking about cold calling. And so by looking at this chain of events and seeing that, you know, cold calling and, you know, dropping that into the pipeline is, is such a horrible conversion rate all the way out the end. You, you, you're like, it's dead. I mean, not even dying. This thing is DOA. Well, I'm, you know, tell me more about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I just think that, you know, you can go out and pound phones all, all day long, right? Again, yeah. it, it really comes down to time for me. Um, yeah. I just think your time is far better spent w doing other things that, that are going to get you more results. I mean, you can absolutely sit there and pound the phone and sure, you will get results. I'm not saying that you won't. I just don't think you're going to get the same amount of results. You're going to spend a significant amount of time trying to cold call and wasting a significant amount of time for, for a very small percentage of return, right? So, and because you only have so much time in your day, you have to sit back and say, okay, where is my time best spent? So it's, it's, it's not necessarily the idea of picking up the phone is, is dead, but it's the idea like of, of where can you put your time in your day and, and get the most out of it? And I right. think when people say go and pound the phones, to me, I believe that that is, that is a time suck. That's a waste of time. I mean, everyone's going to send you to voicemail. Everyone's going to send, right? I can get the same results by putting stuff in an email and sending to them and asking right. them if they want to talk. And, and they're going to get back to me whether I left them a message on the voicemail or, or whether I sent them an email, right? Yeah. Uh, most likely anyway. Um, so, so that's kind of where I'm saying cold calling is dead from the perspective of, of just just straight up lead generation trying to call i i just i think it it's a waste of of time in in your day and you have such little time in your day i think that salespeople should be should be focusing on on other things so i mean is, it, is this like the dot 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 where marketing comes in like we supply you with those warmed up ready-made leads and no, see, good, I, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, I, you know, I think marketing's great because if, if you're doing it right, you know, you're getting people to to get your website and, and they're filling out forms and, and, and it sends to somebody, right? Um, but I think w that's actually almost kind of one of those other things where where marketing now has this burden put on them to get all the leads for sales guys um, or for yeah. sales folks. So now you have, you really just have closers on the sales side instead of what traditional ISR SD our teams were, were designed to do and that was to do the grunt work for the sales executives right that was to go out and make the cold calls or to go you know or nowadays to go out and actually do the research and send the appropriate emails and find information that we can move people through the funnel move through people around and identify and you know get get to where we're going right and then sure. the people say hey this sounds great but not now you know the the sdr teams are designed to you know okay i need to nurture that person i need to follow up with that person right this sounds great but not now this sounds great but budget season is for nine months right that it was originally designed that you would hire sdr teams to do those those tasks right warm that lead up and then when it was ready have the conversation and say great i'm going to pass to my you know my sales exec um they'll, they'll they'll help you better understand the value here right now when that happens all we're doing is say okay marketing have fun here you go and now marketing has put that burden that that i now have to to keep that person warm but how does marketing do that other than just send them a bunch of marketing material because that's what marketing is supposed to do right um so now you lose that personal touch completely. Uh, right um, got it you know, so, so I, I do think that there's, you know, give and take with, with the marketing and sales in terms of, 
you know, whether you put that on sale of marketing, but I think nowadays marketing has this huge burden on them to get sales, all these leads. And then sales starts getting upset when marketing doesn't have enough MQLs. And then you kind of go back to the MQLs and you just start, and then it becomes a volume game, right? Because sure. so. Sure. Uh, you know, there's something interesting you said too, though. I wanted to go back and, and talk about that. So the idea of you know, traditionally SDRs would call out sales, what development reps, is that sales? Yeah. Yeah. Sales development reps, business development reps, whatever. Sure. It would be. So these guys would be the ones going out, um, cold calling and then warming up the people, then kind of doing that warm handoff to a, a sales exec, sales yeah. uh, rep. Uh, now, if they're if they're not ready right now, passing it back to marketing, um, you know, it typically that's where marketing then goes. Okay, cool. We're gonna nurture these guys for nine months. It's no skin off our backs. We've got a, a nine month drip campaign. And we can send out emails. And I think a lot of what time what happens too gives us marketing a bad rap. Don't just blast your prospect for, for six months. But, you know, you can have that email come from the rep they were talking to. But is that not enough, you're saying? to, to um, Well, so you can have it. You can have it come from the rep that you're talking to. So, um, but, but I, A, I think that that's, that's done wrong because, I mean, if you know, I, I don't know. Uh, at least I know if somebody, if I get an email from a rep that I had talked to or from a rep that, you know, I had engaged with over time, I mean, I know it's a marketing email. I know that that rep is not sending it to me. I know that it's marketing, just sending it out on behalf of them. It's a very marketing style email. I mean, I was looking mm. at that in my inbox today. It was as I was kind of prepping for this because this, this company I talked to and, and this one guy who I had about a three minute conversation with just keeps sending me emails and they keep hitting my spam box, which is fine. But, but he's not sending the emails. They're, yeah. they're not related to me. He's not talking to me directly. It's basically just marketing, sending emails with his name on it. Um, what was in the email? Cause this is interesting. I don't know if you even have it with you. Uh, I do. You should, you should forward it over to me. We Actually, won't, we won't. So, uh, we won't punish will, the person, yeah. but it'd be, it'd be interesting to see that email because oftentimes in marketing, you know, we're even talking and training over here and saying like, look, there's a difference between that pretty looking marketing email and a personal email, you know? And I think too often we blur that on the marketing side, like, oh, here's a nice little logo above this personal email. It's like, dude, when have you ever seen a logo above a personal email? Never. Right. So that yeah. line gets blurred a lot, but somehow it's showing is you're, you're alerted to the fact that this is not really them sending you an email kind of thing. Yeah. And I think everybody is right. I, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's under this, like this fake assumption that, you know, or this crazy real assumption that these people are really sending them emails. I tell you what, man, they, they are when we send them. Right. Which is great. Right. So, so I think that's fantastic if, if you're doing yeah. it right. Right. Yeah, but, but, sure. you know, but this, this ends up and it says, you know, and I'll forward it to you and, and I get these things all the time. Right. Um, you know, but the, the subject line, right now, I'll look at it. I'll look at it while you're, uh, you know, selling any language um, is, is, you know, what it is. And, and to me, it's like, well, you don't, you don't understand the value. You have no idea why I initially even talked to you. Ah, so okay. you know, how is it, how is it going to be important for me? You know, plus this is a purely, clearly just a templated email. Um, and I don't mean templated in the sense that it was templated with some autofill stuff. I mean, it's, it's a straight up, you know, is there like pretty graphics and stuff on it? Uh, yeah. And there's a button at the bottom that says, ah. you know, go do whatever. Right. So, yeah. so, so it's clear that that rep wasn't sending it to you. It's clear that you just got thrown in nurture. Does it look like it's from him though? Does it have like a signature and stuff on there too? Uh, no, I don't okay. believe it. So it's just the company. 
So it's, so it's just his name, right? Um, oh, they're just using his name. Oh, that's so gross, man. Okay, I see the email here. Right, and and because he was the one that I talked to, right? Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, there's, there's right away, there's man. Huh? Logo right at the top of the email. And yeah. Not personal. That's all you need. That's all anyone needs to see. It's the very first line. It's like it's a logo, right. not personal. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. And then it right. says, yeah. "Hi, Brent," and la la la. Um, and it's it it's actually a nicely designed um, you know content sure. aside. Uh, and they, but they used his name and we always tell people like, don't do that because you might open one email, but then you'd be like, Oh, um, Adam here doesn't even have his last name. <laughs> Adam okay. here doesn't even have control of his own inbox. So they're not going to look at the actual rep. If Adam actually was going to email you in person later, you may not even look at it. Cause you're like, nah more more spam from adam so it like really degrades that name to to mix and match it's like either make it look really like it came from a human or mm -hmm. don't and like we even say like like this kind of email should come from the team at better proposals right like not that, that's right like i would rather i would rather see it come from marketing yeah than from, from this individual right so we don't like to say um, marketing just like we don't like to say sales so become from sure, like sure. Yes, but whatever, uh, whatever yeah. it is, right? I, yeah, I sure. would rather you just be deadly upfront with me in terms of, of, you know, what you're sending me than for you to try to mask it as if the original rep that I was talking to was sending, was sending me an email. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, to me, this is just, this is an, an abstract numbers game that this company is playing. And it's like, well, let's see how much stuff we can throw in front of this guy until he's interested again. Right. Instead of the rep, knowing that there was a level of interest from me at some point, knowing that, that I was interested in this, you know, where, where's the rep actually contacting me saying, Hey Brent, you know, I know we talked a little bit ago. It seemed like you were really interested. You know, I'd love to talk about new features that we have going on, some new things. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about what yeah. level of interest. Right. So to me, like that would engage me significantly more. Yes. Well, it would engage me period. Whereas this yeah. isn't engaging me at all. At all. Right. Because now, not only even if I was interested in the value that he's sending, I got to go through this process of clicking the button, filling out the form for what, right? Like so, so to me, oh, this gee. happens all the time, and it's you're you're almost you're almost making people go through the work of having to to like a putting in an effort for to have to buy oh. from you versus you putting in an effort to to sell to me, yeah. right? Um, so it just becomes a number game. Well, if you're not interested now, so be it. We'll just send you a bunch of stuff till you are interested. We got a bunch of other people who, who so you gross, know, man. buying now, right? Um, and I talk about this a lot with with sales and marketing is that I believe that that kind of thought of of that personal touch from the the rep has has been lost. You know, if if somebody says in and we go back to the SDR BDR thing and what they originally brought in for, because if if a BDR is talking to them or an SDR is talking to them and, and they kind of talk about the value and they're like, ah, this this sounds really awesome, we that person now knows your brand, right? Which is great. They've already said they're interested in your brand. Yeah. Right. So you, 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 and, and you as the rep have this understanding of a little bit of the why they're interested in your brand or why they're interested in, in your solution. So for for you to then for them to then say well i'm not ready to buy now but but this is interesting to me uh, that that's the easiest close you'll ever have later on right it's not going to happen now but but he's not ready he or she is not ready to buy now right but that's the easiest close you'll have later on because you, you just follow up with them and kind of and talk about certain things right and then when they're ready you can talk about the better value and more value that you've been doing over the last six months or whatever right but 
if I, if I talk to somebody or if a rep talks to somebody and they say, Hey, now's not the time budget season isn't until next April. Can we talk closer to that? He's at you better. You better personally reach out to that person and say, you know, Hey Casey, we talked nine months ago. You said budget season is now, you know, we've done some really awesome things over the last nine months too. Love to share them with you. You know, it's now a good time to chat when, you know, what, what, what your calendar look like, right? I'm going to engage with you. If I send that to marketing and over the next nine months until budget season, all marketing does is just blast me with templated stuff. I'm more likely going to be like, what the heck? Right. Um, so, so that's kind of, so yes, but, but to, to revert back to kind of your, your question on the marketing side, I do believe though, there are the certain people that yes, you say, okay, this, this is a really good person. They understand a brand, not ready. I don't know that there's any personal touch here. Like let's send them to marketing and, you know, marketing, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you could, you know, kind of get some, some information in front of them. Um, but, but even with that, you know, kind of, kind of what I try to, to talk to my clients about is, you know, make sure you're talking to marketing about why this person is interested. And then marketing should be, be creating buckets of campaigns based on these value points, not based on just random value of the, of the company, right? It's this person was interested in this. This is what they're looking for. This is why we're, you know, top on their list. You know, let's make sure we get some, them some content that, that relates to them, right? Nope. Um, are you... Are you muted, Casey? I, I can't uh, totally you. muted, man. Rookie, <laughs> rookie mistake. Get drinking my water over here. Uh, <laughs> lost in conversation, but um, um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting because this is the kind of thing put them into a drip campaign that actually matters. You know, yeah. um, it. So many times we, I mean, one of the things we talked about a lot uh, this past year was segmentation, understanding your buyers, where what yep. groups to put them in, and you know. It, one of the best things is when they express, you know, either on the form, if you're asking it, or you have ways of tagging product sure. interest or, or maybe like, um, situation, the business case, or that's sometimes the, the magic that sales can come up with a phone call with a prospect finding out they're about to get audited by Adobe, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's the hot button. They should get no other drip, but the fact, you know, like what's an audit like, how to avoid it. Here's some prep work for it. Like we know all about this. Obviously we could help you now or, you know, preventing this in the future. Sure. Like, nothing but that, right? Like they've expressed, this is what they're interested in. Let's not go off on a tangent. So the email you got, were you selling in any language, currency or tax system? Is that remotely? No, no this is not, not even remotely close. To <laughs> At all, right? I was like, it sounds boring, but you know what? Like, I just have to bring this up. This email, guys, ugh, it's so gross. Um, it, the, the call to action button at the bottom is go to their website. And when I click on it, guess, and by the way, you never do that. You go to a landing page. Come on, people. But then when I click on it, you go to a login. You go to a freaking yeah. login. Do you know your so login? That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they make you work to purchase from Yeah, them. man. Oh. And, and that process should be, should be super easy, right? Like even to, to our conversation here, even if this individual did want to send me marketing material as him, make it based on what we talked about. Yeah. Right? Make 
based on what the value is that we discuss, you know, I, I had a, I do a lot of demoing. I do a lot of looking at different softwares and stuff, A, just so I can understand how people are interacting with their clients or yeah. their prospects and B, so I can understand, you know, what other people are doing out there that is, that is similar to kind of how I'm talking about things, you know, and, and, and I went and did three of these softwares that are automation style softwares in, in almost every, every scenario was exactly the same. I just got a, a, a an email back that asked me three or four questions that I, that I took as, okay, you're qualifying me as a now buyer or not now buyer. And if I'm not a now buyer, you don't care. And if I'm a now buyer, my guess is we're going to have a conversation started you know, tomorrow. Right. right. But what about like, you know, but, but the questions that they were asking in the email was, was not even, you know, and I responded back to all of them being like, none of these points that you're talking to are why I'm interested in your product. Right. But you would know that if somebody just got on the phone or emailed me personally and said, really glad you're interested, love to learn about why you're, why you're interested, you know, what your pain points are, talk to me about that. And then let's talk about your solution as it relates to my pain points, right? Not just assume that I have all the same pain points as somebody else, right? right. Um, and when I was managing and, 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 you know, as I do, you know, if I have a rep that, that, if an MQL or, or lead form comes in, that rep doesn't pick up a phone and call that person like immediately. I, I mean, I'm furious, right? Like, why wouldn't you, like, that is, that is the easiest sell that you're ever going to have in your life. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just pick up the phone and see if you can start that conversation that second? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and if they can't, then leave Then that's a, you know, that's a warm email or excuse me, voicemail that you can leave, you know, sure. simply, Hey, you, you filled out a form, love chat with you. Give me a call directly. Like that, the, to me, those are the, the, that's like the lost art of, of sales. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of mind blowing to me. You know, so many studies have been shown that calling a lead within the first hour, within the first 30 minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, you know, I've been at some big companies before where they track it down, you know, not, not to the seconds per se, but in like sub 10 minutes, sub five minutes you've got some amazing connect rates. Why? Because they, they are like on your site right now. They're doing the research right now. And people like to binge, you know? It's like you don't go to Netflix and, or HBO and watch one episode of Game of Thrones. Come on. No, you watch the whole season. <laughs> you know, so if people are in the, in the zone doing the research, then hit them, you know? Like, see, you know, see if you can help them, you know? Like, hey, like, you know, white glove service. It's almost like, you remember that show Mr. Deeds? oh yeah. yeah 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 you know like his butler he'd be ah you know i really could use a cocoa or something and like that would funny, be uh, here sir and like he'd creepily sneak up on him yeah it's it well it's in and that's exactly right right i mean in in you know hit the hit them while they're hot right it's funny yeah. you say we had talked about me uh hiking the appalachian trail right i had um so one of the women i hiked the appalachian trail was the wait, wait wait you hiked the appalachian the whole thing did yeah oh, so we, we had uh tangent, so there's like 11 batman. of us what's that i said holy tangent batman i don't know if i can come come back from this thing yeah yeah so we, we can come talk, back now, but no, it, we gotta talk really yeah. but but yeah. the uh mr deeds is um the, the producer of that movie one of the women that i went on that trip with her husband was actually the producer of that movie wow uh, so it's funny that that's the particular movie that that you had um that you talked about but i i'm, I'm trying to look here because i think that i actually have some stats around uh, responses. Oh yeah. Uh, and while you're looking, I'll just say like, this is important for sales, but also for marketing. Because if we're thinking, okay, you've got a hot one on a form right now. If it's a, if it's the right kind, it's not just like they're peddling or something, but 
you know, like a quote request form or demo request form to, to have that go right over to sales and, yep. and not have a human doing the routing, you know, part, a lot of folks on this um, show have like Pardot and Salesforce. So man, you have Pardot going boom, right over to sales. And then it auto sorts it, puts it where it needs to go, the right rep, and then even alert them, send them an email, ring bells, flashlights. Yeah. Well, so, so when I was, you know, when I was coming up, it was, it, you know, when somebody would fill out a lead form, that lead form, if I was the rep, if that was my territory or, or my vertical, I mean, that, that, that would come directly to me. So yeah. as the sales rep, I was able to respond immediately to the lead form. Right. Right. And, and right now what I'm seeing is that no, people are actually creating these inbound teams to take all the inbound leads that come in like that and then disperse them appropriately. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 you know, as with any time kills all deals, right. And, and even if it's not a real deal yet, like that, those multiple steps that people, the buyers have to go through to purchase something, you know, I pro I, 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 I could almost guarantee you that if you did a test and, and one group had an inbound sales team that you had to go through the ringer to get to a rep and the other one went directly to the rep, yeah. I can almost guarantee you that the, the, the one going directly to the rep is getting the sale. Almost oh, 100%, right? I mean, what do they say? Uh, like the, the, the first person to call usually wins, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've, first I've person won, you talk to? Yeah. Yep. I've won tons of big deals just simply based on the fact that you were the first person, you were the first person to contact me and the quickest to contact me. Therefore, I felt most confident with you. This is the stat is, um, and it's, uh, 433 companies, I don't know like what the, the return, but 7% responded in the first five minutes after a form submission, more than half didn't respond within five business days. That that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me, right? More than Wait, half so, of the companies. So 7% did it right away? 7% responded in the first five minutes. Okay. Yep. And then that was responded to an email or was it responded to like a phone form, call? Form submission. Okay, they submit a form, but then what? Sales calls them, or sales is emailing them? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know the, the yeah. stats on, on whether it was an email, but I just know that they responded in some capacity within the first five minutes after awesome. form submission. And then, but the the crazier part is that more than half didn't respond for five days. Yeah. But, so talking back to your thing about time, if you're not getting yeah. them while they're hot, you you may not get them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not if you're happy. not responding to them in five business days, then you know, then that's, that's probably a problem. I mean, if, if, if yeah. I'm coming out and I'm looking for a software and I'm going to fill out a form, I'm, I'm doing it for a specific reason. I'm not right. doing it just for the heck of it. Right. So if you respond to me, I'm going to understand the value and I'm going to build a relationship really faster where if somebody responds to me in seven days, I'm, I'm almost going to be like, I don't, I don't even remember filling out a form for you. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, it, that's totally. a little bit aggressive, but, but kind of the idea, right. So, um, it, it does, it is really interesting to me that you bring up that point because I, I think what I see now is a lot of companies, marketing companies, everything falls, fall, everything falls to marketing. And the marketing has this huge burden of like, oh, well, we have to do everything for sales now. Like we have to get them their MQLs. And not only do we have to do that, all the inbound stuff now has to come to us and we have to try to qualify it. And that's not their job. That, that was never intended to be marketing. Strategy. Right. It's more of a prequel, um, right? It's like, maybe we can ask them some questions, but we're in, you know, you need to get to a human, especially if they want to talk to someone or, you know, well, even, yeah. And even then though, it's like, well, marketing did their job. Marketing did their job to get them interested. Right. Now they're interested. They filled out the form. Here you go. Sales. Like that was my job. Yeah. My job 
for them to to know our brand and to know who we are and get them interested they are interested go turn it into an opportunity right um so you know so i, I do feel like a lot of that that happens in, in these demos that i do that's exactly what they do an inbound person reached out to me and then you know the sales rep had to can the sales rep had to cancel twice on me in the demo, which was fine. It is what it is. But the sales rep didn't even contact me personally. It was the inbound rep that contacted me to tell me. And, uh, you know, so, come so on, again, man. I, that's like that football thing. Come on, man. It's crazy to me. Um, so, yeah. So, so it's interesting to, to kind of see all this stuff as I, as I go through it. No doubt. I'm, you know, and all those experiences probably help you out because now, now you got your own gig, right? You got your own company you've created. And I, yeah. I read something about the Maverick program, which got me thinking like Top Gun and, you know, <laughs> cue, the, cue the soundtrack and the olive scene and all that stuff. So uh, what, what's the deal? Like, what are you doing now? And what's this Maverick thing? Yeah, it's funny. So, um, so Maverick kind of ties into the name. So, so Heretic is, is the company and, and I actually developed Heretic because I had worked for multiple different companies. I had, I had worked for several startups um, and, and all really, really good experiences. I learned a ton. I learned a lot about small companies. I learned a lot about big companies. I learned about a lot about mid-market type deals. I learned a lot about enterprise startup deals, right? So, um, and I got to see how operational systems were built and, and, and then how they were torn apart. <laughs> and, yeah. um, so when I started Airtech, the idea was that honestly, I just felt like people were engaging with customers incorrectly. I felt like there, there was a better way to do it and, and that people had lost sight of the customer first approach. People have lost sight of really that the customer is the most important piece and, and that, you know, you need to, to make sure that you're helping them through their process because they're coming to you because they don't have that expertise. So you have to help them mm. through that process. That's why, that's why they want to talk to you. Um, so I felt like that was being lost. So I, I kind of, so I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go do it and, and, uh, do it how, how I believe the customers should be engaged and, and kind of go back to some of my old school roots of, of selling and, and, you know, what I believe is working and what I believe is broken in the system, fix it. Um, and heretic by it, it, the, the definition itself is, is a person holding an opinion at odds with what is generally accepted. Yeah. Um, so that fell right into a, why I started the company, but B really who I am as, as a person, right? I think very much outside of the box. Um, I, I don't like to necessarily be a follower in the sense of just cause somebody else is doing it. I should be doing it. Right. I, I believe in, you yeah, know, I, kind I of forging, to that man. Yeah. You know, like kind of forging your own path and saying, okay, like, but, but you're doing it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right way to do it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the wrong way to do it. Right. It just means that it's the way that works for you. Mm. Right. what's wrong, what could be done better, you know, we can, we can start to kind of go back to, to traditional selling. Um, then Maverick, and Maverick really kind of is essentially the same definition of heretic in, in that it's, it's just a person who kind of beats at their own drum, like a piece of person, that, that, like a Maverick, right? They go out and they do their own, their own thing. Um, and what no, I, like I love that, that, I love that, that <laughs> image of, you know, like, this is what you're doing, but actually this is what works. And you know, there's a lot of that, happening in marketing and sales where people just sort of cold calling is one of them, right? Yeah. Well, we always, yep. did. we did 20 years ago, so let's just keep doing it. You know, more activity. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. You're hundred yeah. percent right. Um, and, and, you know, so my, my idea is like, well, you know, what is wrong with kind of just going at it your own way. Right. And, and I have lots of conversations with people where I talk about this stuff and they're like, man, like I, 
I'm not sure that I've really come up like with that thought process, but, but you're hundred percent right because you're just, you're kind of inserting this just different thought in the, into their head and kind of saying, well, like, think about it this way. Right. And, and consider it this way. And we, we kind of get stuck in this rut of, of, you know, we have to do the marketing thing and the marketing automation. And yes, that's good. But if we haven't closed the loop with sales and they're not a cohesive unit, then, then marketing really is going to struggle. Right. right. Um, and I truly do believe that sales these days is putting too much on marketing and, and, and forcing them to really take on a lot of the burden for new business. And um, so, so to kind of back to the company. So as we did that, uh, you know, I had started Maverick because I was realizing that people, there was all these automation tools out there, but people weren't, they were using it for marketing automation. Um, right. Nobody was doing the nurtures and the follow-ups anymore from, from a sales perspective. Nobody was actually going out and just asking people for their business, right? They're like, Oh, mm -hmm. we got to get creative with all this marketing and crazy stuff. Right. And we get like all this <laughs> weird, neat things. Right. And that's awesome. Right. But, but, but that's marketing's job to do that as an in addition to right right he, he, marketing and we can talk about this you know as as we go but for me marketing and sales has a similar endpoint missing in in their message but yes. but their message itself really should be totally different right you know I mean, marketing so? is is here well so marketing is here here's our brand here's our way awesome here's what we believe in here's here's why we're an organization here's why we do what we do right when you think this this solution or this thing we want you to think our brand when you think our brand i want you to think this right sales messages hey here's your problem here's our solution can we talk so i so i can earn your business can't marketing right? do that too yeah no they can uh, but i think that they're doing it at the same time right okay. so i so i think by them kind of sending out and, and and talking about the brand and why we're such a good company and why we do what we do and what makes us us right and it's just about it's brand recognition and solution recognition that we can do these things and here's why we're great right and sure number data behind it right and then sales is just like i'm going out and i'm actually asking for your business i'm, a, I'm physically asking you if sure. i can earn your business and what that would take right um, so one's more of a broad approach and whereas the other one's more of a direct approach. Um, and I think there's a lot of information that you can gain by just asking somebody for their business by just saying, Hey, here's what we do. I think that we can help you. Can we talk? Right. Yeah. Um, you're going to get a lot of information out of that. You know, the only thing I'd say though, is that like, I'd say the bad marketing, the marketing you described would be something I would want people to avoid, right? Just the brand, like all about me, 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 me. I mean, to your point, if we can help, Echo, it's all about the customer answering their challenge and problem. I mean, you didn't want to read that stupid email from that company because it was stupid. It was about them. You know, oh, look at us. We can do multiple languages and taxes. And yeah. it's like, okay, how does that help me? You know? Well, um, so, yeah. Well, and I think that's exactly right, right? But the problem yeah. with marketing is that you don't, you don't know what you don't know what those people, what the value is. So, so it's impossible for me, you know, this guy or this individual or this company is sending me that email because they don't know what, what my value is. Right. Uh, I see but if saying. I can, but if I can close the loop with marketing and sales where sales is asking for business, starting to understand the value of these people and then they're not ready to buy and I can hand them to marketing and marketing and now create content based on like actual solution problems that we're solving and what we're doing right now we're starting to close the loop now marketing and sales are talking to each other and helping each other actually finish off closing closing out these business gotcha um, you know I do believe that marketing is does their job by by you know here's our brand here's what we do but but I don't think it's a selfish thing about me 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 necessarily I think it's just about 
them understanding why are we in business? Like what, why did we decide to do this? Why, what solution are we providing that we don't believe that anyone else is providing? Right? Yeah, but isn't that why, the bad why? marketing? Like, I mean, brand, isn't that just yeah, a I mean, here? Is it what now? Isn't that, you know, brand to that degree, isn't that just kind of like a waste of air? Like, well, I think that's kind of what you're, you're doing now. I mean, what, yeah. if you're sending out, if you're sending out marketing material, what, what are you sending out? Right. If you don't know the, the buyer, Wait, you know the, if, couldn't you talk to sales and get like the five best use cases and then create content for each one of those and just start, I, mean, I, I think there's a, we can customize a lot more than you see on the marketing side. Correct. But yeah. I think there is also that deeper level that sales can customize beyond. I mean, we can put into groups and buckets, but we can only do that maybe, you know, five buckets. We can't get to that, you know, Hey, you know, John, this webinar, like minute 12 is going to have this thing that exactly what you talked about on our last yeah. call, you know, check this out. Let me know. We actually have a promo, blah, blah, blah. Right. It's like, you're right. There's no way marketing is going to get to that level of understanding the customer. So we need to play ball, but I, I, I would, I wouldn't write marketing off as branding too much as, because we well, can, I hate uh, to use know. the word branding. I, I don't. I don't like to use the word branding. Sure. I, I think it's more, more just. But but marketing it shouldn't be going out there and kind of just throwing everything against the wall at everybody and hoping they get something in return, right? They should be doing the things yeah. that are driving you to want to look into me more, driving totally. you to want to understand our solution more, driving you to go and check out our site and, and to see what we're doing, drive you to the webinars, drive you to the events that we're doing, drive you to all, right? Um, yeah. And even the case studies, I think, I think you're 100% right, but that's where I think marketing and sales should be talking. I think sales should be sending case study marketing. Out. Oh, yeah. I don't, I, I don't think marketing should, but I think that marketing and sales should be talking about those things because sales should be saying to marketing, like, hey, like, I would love to, we, we did this really awesome thing. I think it'd be really cool. Like, marketing right. can, can put in a good, a good articulate way that we're getting it across to, to people that is going to be cool and, and understood, right? Right. Um, and they should be communicating with those, uh, with them on that, right? Um, this email that, that I sent to you, right? If he had talked to marketing and talked about a very specific use case and, and case studies, right? It could yeah. still come from marketing from him, but now it's talking to, to the specific case study, right? Or something of that nature. Exactly. Um, exactly. Or give sales the option to put, put someone into one of five different use case type drips instead of just, oh, they're yeah. in this industry. Yeah, I think I think my point more to, to what I what I was saying before is that marketing sales just don't talk. They don't communicate. Yeah, so they, don't, they don't help one another through through this process. You know, marketing just yells at or excuse me, sales just yells at marketing, where am I where are my leads? And the marketing says, Well, like, but you're not your sales, you're not helping us understand our buyer in any way, right? Sure. Um, um and I'm not I'm sure that's not the case for, for all companies, but but you know, for, for there's definitely that tension though, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of it's just lack of communication on just getting on the same page with the same end goal in mind and talking to the same buyer, understanding them better together. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, and, and I think the marketing is, is very much again, like just keeping people aware and keeping them locked in and, you know, on the stuff, but that doesn't mean yeah. sending an email every day with something new and hoping that that's going to hit home. With them. Right. You know, um, definitely. So don't cold call an email or in the phone. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's, so it's just, it's just interesting to me. Like I just feel it's, I, I that, that, that there's a bit of brokenness there. And I think sure. that, that people can work better together because sales can utilize marketing in a totally different way that they're not. Right? right. And I think, and I think marketing can actually utilize sales in a totally different totally. way. Totally. 
right? Um, so it's really that's about why. Oh, go ahead. What was that? No, no go ahead. I was just saying that's why we need that's why we need a heretic to like guys stop <laughs> stop doing what you've been doing. This is not. Yeah, well, it, it, that's it. You know, and and I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to go kind of your other point of what Maverick is. You know, our, our whole the whole idea of Maverick is that you know a lot of these solutions and and these softwares come in. They talk about automation, but nobody actually helps them understand like how the automation could be used to their advantage, right? Yeah. Or they don't talk about the content. You know, on the marketing side, yes, I think that that's being done, right? But on the sales side nobody's talking about how can we leverage automation from a sales perspective and not a marketing perspective, right? right? How can we start to understand our buyers by automating emails that are personalized, but we're asking for business and now we're gaining more information back from them simply by starting to just collect data on like who we're reaching out to and knowing, okay, you know, we thought that this type of person within an organization was, was our buyer, but what we're finding is that almost every single person we're reaching out to with an IT type title is is telling us no and every person we're reaching out to with a sales or marketing title is is engaged in some capacity right, right. so we can start to do that now we, as we build lists over time we can hand all that information to marketing and say hey marketing like here's what here's what we found out actually so let's start creating content for sales and marketing folks not for it folks because I think yes yes totally i mean that feedback um, loop is huge yeah yeah right um so so that's kind of where where i think the miss is but but the other part of it is again with time your time suck i i don't think that sales reps anymore are doing the follow-ups and the nurtures and somebody who says hey this sounds right. great brent you know we're not ready for for six months or hey this sounds great you know uh, budget season isn't for I, I don't think people are actually setting tasks and going in and contacting those people on a personal level in in six months as requested sure. right i mean because there's gonna be a lot more if i reach out to somebody six months after they ask me to me reaching out personally and saying you know hey casey let, let's talk we, we talked six months ago but it, that's gonna there's a lot more from that than if i just send a bunch of marketing stuff to you and hope that you fill out the form at some point right yeah but i don't think that people aren't doing it because they don't necessarily want to i think because they don't have enough time in their day you know, and I'd go through, I'd have a million different tasks and all those tasks would build up. And at some point I'd open my task list and I'd have so many of them. I'm like, I'm never going to get to these. Right. So I just delete them all. And I'm like, oh, I'll just start over. Right. But that's what people do because like, you're like, I'm never going to get to these. So I'll delete them. But the amount of business that you lost in there is, is astronomical because there was probably a ton of follow-ups. So for me, I'm like, well, what if we can just automate that process? What if we can automate personalized, you know, from the rep? email, you know, follow-ups yeah. and the nurtures and the touches that need to be touched still so that those guys aren't, or girls aren't leaking out of the funnel nonstop. Right. Um, you know, all the while we're collecting data and, and looping back with marketing and actually communicating with marketing about what we're identifying on our side to help them be more successful. Right. Which Makes in sense. turn, if they're more successful and sales is more successful. Right. Totally. And speaking of success, <laughs> Now, now this is appropriately named because I, I, I read into a little bit of your background. So the question to you is, who are you? Um, <laughs> because you've done this, the sales thing. Now you're running your own shop. You are the self-professed king of the heretics. By the way, you should have some <laughs> heretical title, you know, CEO, founder. No, no, no. Yeah. You, I should probably come something up, that's, uh, that just says, I, I don't do titles or I do titles, but here, here, here it is. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah tell me, man, <laughs> tell me about like, I mean, you know, like what kind of powerful experiences did you have in life? How did you end up where you're at now? I mean, how did you end up going through all this and figuring out where you should be? 
Yeah, I um, I don't necessarily know that I, I have a, a real answer for like how I got here. I, I think <laughs> for me, for me, you know, it was it was very much just kind of coming up through the ranks and and learning. Um, you know, I I was fortunate enough to have a father who who was an entrepreneur and um, smart, and you know, from a work ethic standpoint, I think I was able to kind of see see what he was was putting in. Um, you know, and I started, uh, I think one of my very first jobs was knocking on doors, um, okay. and, and trying to sell, um, trying to sell some promotional thing. Um, and I, and I actually did very well at it and it was mainly just cause it was fine. I got to deal with different people and be in a different place all the time, and, yep. you know, but, but obviously that wasn't sustainable long-term being, being a hundred percent commission job. Uh, you know, I mean, this is, this is many years ago, but, um, but it did help me with, uh, overturning objections immediately and kind of, you know, learning to take a no and understand, you know, what was a real no, what was, what was just a don't bother me now or, or right yeah. now, no, you know, so there was a lot that I took away from it and, you know, and then I kind of moved up and, and took another job and, um, I was in staffing initially. Um, I, I got into staffing and that taught me a lot from the standpoint of just, you know, really a lot of volume would, would equal success for me. Right. Um, and I knew the volume was going to equal success, but that was at a time when I don't think there was LinkedIn, you know, I, I actually remember when LinkedIn came out and it was funny. Um, but you know, so, so you had to learn to do it on traditional ways and you had to research people and find people in, in, you know, kind of untraditional ways now. Right. Um, so, you know, and I, I just learned to kind of moved up and, and I think, you know, a lot of it was fortune, but a lot of it was just, the, the, you know, how I put myself in good positions. Um, but I had some friends that were working at a company called Dine, um, in, in New oh, Hampshire. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, so I got in really early with them and, and learned a ton. Um, they were a DNS company and, um, still are, they got, they got bought by Oracle, but, um, you know, I, I learned a ton, um, learned about the startup world, learned about, you know, certain things that, that we were messing up on or not doing right and kind of just paid attention to it and, uh, paid attention to the folks that were building the company and, and, and paid attention to both what they were doing wrong, but, but all, you know, of course what they were doing right too. Right. Right. Um, I don't think I had a really any good experience to what they were doing wrong other than my feelings, but out there and um and then we, my wife and i ended up moving back to new hampshire i uh, worked for a company aquia um in, in massachusetts um and um and and then you know so good coming up through the digital space uh, i'd started in digital in san francisco but then moved to aqua which is drupal so when did this appalachian trail happen <laughs> uh so that happened uh younger years uh, i think i was uh 17 18 somewhere right around there um, so everyone else is know, going off to school and you're like, I'm going to go hiking. Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to do this thing. Um, and, and I did, um, and where'd you start? Fantastic experience. Uh, in Maine. You start, uh, isn't that the, the lonely way though? If you start Maine, Maine you go South, most people go South to North, but given the time of year and what we were trying to accomplish, um, it was just easier to go North to South. And then, you know, we knew that we would end up Southern at, at a warmer time. Um, oh, smart. Uh, yeah. So, um, so just the way that it worked out, but we had a large group. Um, there was, there was 10 of us. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. Like friends from there. school or. Uh, so, so they weren't, um, I, I had actually, uh, done it with a group called Outward Bound, which most, huh. most people yeah. know. Um, you know, and it's interesting cause I talk a lot of people like, Oh, isn't that for like bad kids? And I'm like, no, it's not for bad kids. <laughs> 
you know, um, but it, a really, really awesome experience. I mean, we had somebody from, um, you know, from Georgia. We had the, this one from California, a couple people from Canada. I mean, there was just, and, and became very good friends over, over the period. But, um, you know, it, it was, it was a really, really interesting experience from both the perspective of, um, you know, the toughness of it and, and kind of having to bear through a lot of, a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but also just from, from learning from other people and learning from kind of their, um, their lives and what they were doing and interactions with them. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost like a, a giant big brother, right? Because you just put a bunch of people on a trail that don't really know each other. And then, you know, they got to spend the next five months or four months together. You know? uh, so you learn, you learn a lot about both yourself and, and other people. Um, so, um, so it was really, you know, really interesting. So to that point, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't go, I didn't go to school and um, college. I, um, I, I think I learned one untraditionally or, or I say I should, yeah. I didn't, I didn't finish school. I should say, um, you know, I, I learned a little bit untraditionally, but for me it was, I went out and I explored and I moved around. Um, but I was never afraid to just take an opportunity regardless of money and kind of just learn yes. everything I could from it. Um, yeah. what was your trail name? Did you get one of those? I didn't have a trail name. No, what? I hear uh, it's like a thing. That, yeah, it, it is a thing. Um, generally it's a thing. A, if you're on the trail for, you know, if you're, if you do different sections at different times, like a lot of times you'll have a trail name for each section to go up through. But also if you're, if you're alone or if there's like two of you, it's more often that you're going to have a trail name if there's like two of you um or one of you um just so that you can people know who you are as you're coming up the trail so if anything happens to you or they say hey watch for so and so or or whatever yeah um so uh i think we had one girl that like little bear was her trail name just because we 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 called her that um but you know it wasn't an official trail name um but that was that was about it we didn't we didn't really go in and get like huge trail names i think somebody (laughs) tried I think somebody tried to give me one and I honestly forget what it was, but, um, but yeah, traditionally you'll see that with, with loners very much. So if somebody's on the trail alone, hundred percent, they have a trail name. Um, again, just cause you can't say, well, I passed John, you know, or, or, I, right. or I passed Lisa, right? Like nobody's going to be like, oh, I don't know who that is. There's a million people on this trail. Right. Um, did but we did have like, some... go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you get like sick metabolism by the time you were done? Yeah, very, very much so. So I remember the first, the first day we walked like two miles and then camped and I was like, this is the most terrible thing on earth. Like, what am I doing? (laughs) You know, uh, like two and a half weeks in it, it, then it became pretty normal. Um, You were, you know, up in the morning and, you know, you you could start and we we started to get, you know, five miles and then 10 miles and then we'd do 14 miles a day. And, you know, I think most we we were doing at one point, I think it was just like 15 miles a day because we just didn't want to, you know, rush it necessarily. I think there were certain days we had to gain um we had to gain some time back so we would do more but um or if we had a mail drop and we needed to get to a mail drop uh regardless of of how far out we were because we had gotten we'd gotten lost so we <laughs> so we went and and you know ended up coming at 2 30 in the morning because we couldn't stop um it, right we wouldn't have had breakfast we wouldn't have you know what i mean so um so but by the end of it i always ta- i always say that was the most in shape I had ever been in my life coming out of that. Yeah. Um, because, because then we took a pulling boat on the ocean. A pulling boat is a 10 foot by eight foot uh, rowboat that has one sail. And if it's not, if it's not windy, everyone's rowing with these 10 foot oars. Um, and it wasn't windy 
almost the entire time coming up the coast. So all we were doing is just rowing. So I was just cut and like metabolism was good. I gained a ton of muscle from rowing and uh, yeah, Hercules, was, man. Hercules. Well, it was like forced exercise, you know, you had no choice. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> So, so it worked out. I'm, I'm sure it was similar to, to your time in the service. And you know, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. At, at a certain point, you just never even think about it, you know? Yeah. It, you don't even notice. You, you right. kind of think that you're just whatever, you're normal. And then people are like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> yeah, Did, exactly. You have any, any like takeaways that even stick with you now to this day about that experience? Um, or is it just fun? Like just like, uh, no, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I don't know my my whole my whole perception on on how I interacted with people. I think I think changed then. Um, you know, not to get too too personal, but like you know, I, I yeah, think get personal. Point, it's just you and me listening. I mean, right? I think up to that point, you know, I I was a pretty angry person. I mm-hmm. think I had a lot of internal you know demons that I that I wasn't you know prepared to talk about or get out and yeah um, and that, that experience helped me open up to to the people that I was with and to really start talking about some of those things um so I think it changed my perspective on how I interacted with people and 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 my trust in people that that I, I could talk to them and and yeah um for you know in, in any capacity really but um you know so that it was a good experience for me in, in that sense because it wasn't towards the end until the end of the trip that that I really was able to truly come out of, of my shell. Right. It took sure. me that long to do yeah. it. Uh, but you know, then coming out of it, I, I felt like I was really kind of a totally different person in terms of how I interacted. Yeah. Imagine if you hadn't worked that off, you know, like, you know, it just sounds like you just needed to just get that out and you know, nothing, nothing helps when you're like angry or anxious or angsty or whatever it is, yeah. just changing your physiology, you know, just moving. I got a trampoline in the office, right? I just jump on that every- <laughs> before every podcast but you know but just like weights or walking or just changing up your state a little bit so yeah. that you're not in that in that zone but i could see how you know maybe even just as a person you just had these things on you and it, you kind of walk them off and nothing nothing would do that better than like miles and miles a day you know it's hard to be mad at someone when you're just like so friggin' exhausted you're like whatever i'll see you in the morning it's, it's true like regardless yeah. of what happened you know um and you're in your head a lot so yeah you know, i think everybody in some capacity is but but you you know when you're walking i'm a big snowmobiler too and so when i'm snowmobiling i'm hiking i mean you're just you're just time in your head so it's just yeah. time to write really kind of talk to yourself i guess if you will and yeah and got you know um and, and and work through some things so it was it was a really really uh fun experience and, and something that i i would you know i think about it all the time of like i would love to go do that again um yeah. i don't know if, i don't know if i'll ever have the opportunity um and i quite honestly don't think i could do it on my own i don't know how people do it on their own but but there there's a lot of them you know, I definitely, it's on my list, but you, what happens, you, you start adding responsibility, family, kids, like I can't exactly check out of my kid's life for like four months. So it's probably right. like they go to college and I'm like, peace, let's right. do this, you know, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, you ever seen that movie, Walk in the Woods? Um, oh, I it's, uh, Robert, so. it's based on the book of about yeah, a guy. Yeah walk the Appalachian trail and uh he essentially did exactly that he older man and he just got up one day and was like I'm gonna hike it and yeah. his wife and kids was like I'll see you guys in six months I mean he only lasted like like I forget how long he only lasted oh yeah long. yeah yeah right but uh same concept he just kind of was like see you later wife and kids <laughs> I'm gone for however long 
Um, <laughs> I'll be back 50 pounds lighter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, Man. Uh, but it, that talks pretty funny to that. So, yeah, so it was a good experience. Um, you know, I feel like a lot, a lot of my life experiences to where I am now um, really was just kind of a, a lot of learning. Um, you know, so now I, I try to talk to clients really just about from that, those experiences, not, not necessarily the trail experiences, but experiences with startups and with the, yeah. the corporations and with the larger companies. And, um, cause I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot of it. Um, and it's been fun though. That's cool. That's really cool. Huh. Well, this is awesome, man. Well, what are some of the ways people can chat with you? You know, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, how can people reach out, connect, obviously your website as well. Yeah. So the website, heretic tech, uh, H E R E T I C T E C, uh, dot com. And then, um, same with at heretic tech is, is the Twitter, um, and email, you know, brent.hale at heretic tech. Um, so that's you how know, you know you're, you're living the, on the edge, like a heretic throwing out your email on a podcast. Throwing out my email. Yeah. You know, I have no problem with that. I, I, you know, I, I generally invite people to contact me through my cell phone. I, I believe, I very much believe in, in actually having relationships with people that I do business with. Uh, I believe that, you know, talking through them and actually communicating with them and, you know, having a personalized relationship in any capacity is, is, um, a much, much more successful path forward than you know just somebody being another customer um, yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. we don't like being num- treated like numbers so don't yeah. treat other people like numbers yeah yeah exactly so um but yeah you know i can be, be reached there um we obviously have the the, the forms on our, our site um you know i and and for anybody listening or, or really anybody that i talk to a lot of what i talk about is like let's just have a conversation i i, I don't have a clue if Right. If there's a fit or not, I believe that there probably is, um, you know, for a lot of people that I talk to. But for me, it's just about let's let's have a conversation and, and brainstorm. And, you know, I'm sure that we can get a lot out of each other just from from, you know, like you and I just from conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, it out. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming, man. It's a great conversation. I'm, we could chat about, you know, hiking the trails forever. But this is this has been really cool yeah it's been great i, I really appreciate it I've, I've had a lot of fun um you know uh we've talked about a lot and, and it's fun to talk about these things i probably yeah. you know for trails and everything else i could talk about all this stuff for days but yeah yeah episode two three and four we'll call it the hiking episode we'll just nothing talk about nothing but uh get out there in the woods yeah yeah exactly so i hope there's some valuable information here for people i hope there's some thinking outside of the box um that i've I've provided that people can can think about but you know obviously happy to chat at any point with anybody cool good deal man well thanks so much and for everyone out there listening if you learned something or or enjoyed this um and i've got a whole page of notes here so um, I assume, I assume you have, but if you have you know, share this with someone, so you get that message out, you know, you know, pass that thing along, um, forward it around so that everyone can, can benefit from this. And obviously, you know, have a call with, have a convo with Brent, um, have a chat, right? Just that conversation, have a trail chat with Brent and, uh, and let me know how it goes. So this has been the hardcore marketing show guys. We'll see you all next time.